0: Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey, whiskey makes my baby, feel a little frisky. And
1: we're (laughs) off. That is the official theme song, I guess, for week six recap. Hold it. Do you just really like that song or Luke Bryan or was there a reason behind that?
0: Uh, Well... That was actually uh me kind of saying my goodbyes to uh the Drew Log Hype train that I've been driving for a while and that uh that piss poor performance he gave out there um, in the rain. So is the rain like the actual rain or is it like the piss poor? Is that like the rain? Uh I mean it could be both. Um it's, like it's kinda of one of those uh yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those um yeah, what's the word? I feel like double entendre is what I'm trying to say, but double entendre. Think, it's is it French? I don't think that's
1: right. French?
0: I, I don't know. You're the you're the French guy here. I'm know. I'm the romantic
1: French person out here. JB, how are you doing out there?
2: I'm doing pretty well, Al. I had a long ass day and did some shopping. You know, grocery shopping, and been all, back to the grind after a uh, weeks long vacation. Uh, but we're you know back to the you know the good old days.
1: We had a nice little romantic week at the beach. A little romantic getaway for all of us. It was it was magnificent, great weather, except for a little bit of red tide at the beaches of Destin, Florida yeah. slash Miramar. But it was it was good otherwise. I enjoyed it. We got to watch football some more than others, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless.
2: And we also got the hell out of there at the right time because now there is a hurricane bearing down on that same area that we were staying in. So, uh, Godspeed for everyone down there, and hopefully everyone listens to their evacuation orders.
1: It's supposed to make landfall, I think, Wednesday, correct, JB, the meteorologist?
2: Wednesday afternoon, around 2 o'clock. All right, so if, all you're, right. If, you're, if you're listening to this podcast, when this is out tomorrow morning, on Tuesday morning, you better stop listening and get the hell out of there.
1: Get yeah, the fuck out yeah, is what JB says. All right. Um, so, lots of football this past weekend, but we actually started doing some buys this weekend so we can actually expand and talk more in depth about some of these teams. Um, Let's well, ask the first question that many people have been asking for decades, maybe five or six years. Holt, is Texas finally back?
0: No, Texas is not back. But they 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 only lost to Maryland, yeah, and right, they've won okay. five straight games. Look, look, they won a game, all right, like – Pat them on the back. That's great, but to me, Texas isn't back until people have to stop asking that question. Like, te- if if people are still asking if Texas is back, then that means they're not back. JB is Florida back?
1: No, they're not back yet. God, I mean let let,
2: let let's just let's just be real here. I mean, yes, Florida has a five a five. <laughs> Sorry, I just started laughing there. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> how I want to say this. <laughs>
0: This is a, just I... a really funny analysis coming right here. Hey, I Brady's guess so. i got yourself.
2: I got the giggles right now, but uh, you know they're they're a five in one team, you know, and yes, yeah, so they've they've grinded out some really good wins. Okay, Alex, stop laughing because you're gonna make me. Laugh.
1: Sorry, sorry. I know.
2: I know. I used... Brian.
1: No, no, yeah. I'm not. I wasn't laughing at that.
2: I was thinking in my head, like,
1: me just saying, like, not knocking. and he'll be like, who's there? <laughs> JB's analysis. JB's analysis who? And he just takes off with this analysis. <laughs> yeah. But,
2: you know, Florida's <laughs> off to a 5-1 and one start. Um, their defense has really carried them, you know, for most of this season. Their, Felipe Franks, you know, you know, is helping them grind out a lot of these close wins. You know, he's not having to do too much. Mullen does not want him to do too much. And it's helped them out. Like, the offense is producing just enough. The defense is – you know, creating a lot of pressure with uh, Ty Grantham. But, you know, let's see how they perform in the future.
1: JB, was the LSU-Florida game on Saturday the best game of the year so far?
2: Uh, I'm still going to give the lead to the lsu Auburn game. I think that was the best one.
1: Mm. I'm about to disagree with you. I think the LSU-Florida game was the best game of the year. But um nonetheless florida is not back and either is texas neither' texas according to our two uh panelists here third panelist question is
0: notre dame back holt um i mean back like i don't know it's just such a like weird question like are they back like i mean i think that they're in the driver's seat to make the college football playoff right now um they had another impressive win against virginia tech who was ranked for some reason i'm not really sure why uh, but they were ranked, so they'll get credit for being a ranked team on the road. You know, still a tough place to play. Justin Fuente knows what he's doing, but uh, they went in there and they went pretty easily in a hostile environment. And, um, I mean, I think that they're, you know, they're where they should be. I mean, they're in the top five, top six, and that's about where they should be. I mean, I think they've pretty much earned it with the way they played against Stanford. And, you know, obviously they have that win over Michigan as well. As much as I hate Notre Dame and want to see them lose, I don't think they're going to unless they lose to USC or uh, maybe someone else like Florida State on their schedule, but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Not only do we preview and recap games here on SEC Slow Smoke Podcast, but we also break news. And the breaking news for today is Oklahoma has fired defensive coordinator Mike Stoops. Now, we might be 12 hours, 13, 14, 15 hours later than everybody else, but we are still breaking news here. Hold. Why did it take them
0: so long to fire Mike Stoops? Uh, because Lincoln Riley was handpicked by Mike's brother Bob to be his replacement, and I don't think uh, it was just it was just kind of an awkward situation for him. I think um, to fire him, uh, I think he needed a really legitimate excuse. Um, and obviously losing to Texas, giving up you know what forty eight points or whatever it was. Um, that's the most points Texas has ever scored in that game. So, uh, you know, but, yeah, it should have happened a long time ago, but it didn't because, you know, Bob Stew still carries a lot of weight around there. And um, I don't think Lincoln Riley wanted to come in as a first-year head coach. No, you know, never been a head coach before and take over and then fire the defensive coordinator. I think he kind of had to deal with them for a while. And, you know, last week was finally the uh, excuse he needed to get rid of him.
1: Yeah, but they don't, they don't play defense in the Big 12, so um, I don't know why they're even trying to pretend like they're going to play defense, whoever they hire, after Mike Stoops. But we shall see. Oklahoma still has a chance to make the playoff, and even when the Big 12, um, even though Texas is kind of in the driver's seat, the toughest game I think on Texas' schedule now is West Virginia, but they do have um, Oklahoma State, which could be a tough game too, I guess. JB, what is your favorite color? Just kidding, JB. I won't do that to you right now. We'll we'll save that for a later time. We'll save that for a later time, JB. Um, so, JB, back to real questions. What, um, besides the Florida LSU game this week, we uh, we saw a lot of SEC football, and some some games went as expected. Georgia and Vanderbilt, Alabama, Arkansas, big wins by both teams. The best best teams in SEC. But um, there's also some other good other good performances this week. But um, before I guess before we even get into the games this week, tell me who your offensive player of the week is, and we'll call this we'll start this as the SEC slow smoke full slap performance of the week for offense. JB, hope uh, I
0: can say. <laughs> oh, man. JB, right. can you hear me?
2: I can hear you. Uh, did you not hear me?
0: No. Can you hear Alex? Yeah.
2: I can Rox. hear Alex. Right, well, go ahead,
0: JB. Tell yeah, well, he, he can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Okay, so uh, we apologize
2: for those uh, technical difficulties there for those 30 seconds. Uh, Anchor can go suck a dick. But uh <laughs> but Trevion my uh my full slab offensive player of the week, the inaugural offensive player of the week for the full slab award goes to Travion Williams of Texas A and M. Uh the dude had an incredible <laughs> against uh, Kentucky, gets that awesome defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> Jamie's reading it like it's an Oscar <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the inaugural award. Did you, Travion Williams, did you open the envelope? And everything? <laughs> the winner is. I do not have an. I do not have an envelope. All I have is two hands, and I I'm did one not to hold my have
1: thumb. sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> so it's not like you're better. Right. To
2: say no, but Travion Williams, you got to give him a lot of credit. He had 24 carries, 138 yards, one touchdown. He really helped carry the load for this A&M team against this really. Stout Kentucky defense.
0: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh god! This is the worst podcast uh, yeah. ever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll, well, we'll get through it. Don't worry. <laughs> so, in short, JB Trevion Williams is your full slab performer of the week.
2: Yes, but also, but before before we go to defense for with Holt, I would like to give a shout out to Michael from South Carolina, came in and filled in for Jake Bentley against. Uh, Against Missouri at home, Jake Bentley wasn't able to go Saturday due to his knee issues. Skronikia had a a really excellent game, you know, really underrated game. He went 20 for 35, 20 completions, 249 yards, and three touchdowns in the rain, I might add, and came away away with a really hard-fought 37-35 victory over a really talented Missouri team. So, shout-out to Michael Skronikia, redshirt senior. He paid his dues for the last five years. He earned it.
1: Will he start when Jake Bentley gets healthy again?
2: You know, I'm not. Well, I'm not Will Muschamp, so you know I let Will champ have to deal with that. But obviously, Bentley is the junior. You know, he's got another year of eligibility. Skarnika is a senior, but you know, at least you know you've got a solid guy behind, You know, playing behind Jake Bentley. I'll I think he played well, that.
1: but I don't think good enough to take over as a starter because it's just it's just one game, so you never
2: know. No, but, he, but the more, best, most important thing is he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't throw any picks. He managed the game really well. Gave South Carolina a chance to win at the end, and that's exactly what I can't did. wait
1: till Jake Bentley has a game where he sucks and throws like two or three picks, and then the whole South Carolina fans are <laughs> going to be yelling for Michael Skarnikia, is that it, JB? To play quarterback and start over Jake Bentley. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I think Bentley's still a better quarterback, kind of like you, JB. Holt. actually, before we get to hold, JB, you said full slab. What's what is a full slab? How many how many ribs are is, are in a full slab? Let's educate everybody real quick.
2: Uh, full slab is usually, you know, by most restaurants, about twelve to fourteen bones. Yeah,
1: is it different? Like is twelve better than fourteen? Is it more flavorful with twelve
2: or? It just depends on how the butcher cuts it. Uh, you, know, you know, you've know, got different types of ribs, too. You've got the spare ribs, and you've got the baby back ribs, and you've got the St. Louis-style ribs. Personally, I think the baby back ribs are the best. I think they hold the most flavor. I think spare ribs are kind of like the trash ribs.
1: What, are the spare ribs the same as the country-style ribs?
2: Probably so. The spare ribs are kind of like the really, really the long thick ribs. You know, you can... Yeah, long <laughs> and thick. And usually don't they, they usually don't get as uh, tender as the yeah, baby back ribs. The baby back ribs are... High on the hog, too. Those are usually the best ones. Who
1: who was your full slab defensive performer of the week? Uh,
0: Well, I hate to be a homer, but uh, I'm going to have to go with my boy Montez Sweat, Mississippi State. Um, Had sack jerks seven three times on Saturday. Um, Was just wreaking havoc in the Auburn backfield all day. Um, You know, those poor tackles for Auburn didn't really stand much of a chance um, against them. And uh he showed why he's projected to be a first round NFL draft pick and uh he may even go higher than his teammate, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Um uh, pick he's playing like he's playing now. He is a scary looking dude. I I remember I saw him
1: I was watching the game with you and I saw him sack the quarterback a couple times or I think just once and I just saw how big he was 'cause he's 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 not like a big like fat defensive lineman that yeah, he's not thick. big. He's like, he's, he's cut, he's cut, and he's tall. I don't know if he's like 6'3", 6'4", hold, yeah. I guess. No, nah, he's like
0: 6'6". I was here, is, that's why yeah. That's why he
1: looks so tall and long, I guess. He's got
0: those long arms, and it's really hard for uh, offensive linemen to get their hands on him because he's, you know, he's got the reach on everybody. I asked you this on Saturday when we're watching this, but do you think
1: Jeffrey Simmons would have more sacks than Montez Sweat if they didn't double-team Jeffrey Simmons?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's been quite as bad this year as it was last year, but, um, you know, a lot of the times they'll put Sweat and Simmons on the same side of the, um, you know, the line. So that way they can't, you know, they have to double-team one of them and the other one's going to have a one-on-one opportunity. And obviously it's a lot easier to double-team someone on the inside. So he draws a lot of those double-teams and is able to leave Sweat out on the edge by himself with the offensive tackle. And, you know, a lot of times that's a matchup he can win. And, JB, you have one more Oscar read-off today? I do. Uh, we have a new uh,
2: award I want to give out every single week to our Chicken of the Week. And we are going to call this the you What get that idea Chicken from? of the Week. I stole this from a uh, restaurant that I love very much. I will not name it for copyright issues. But we have our new award and, you know, maybe they'll, they'll sponsor us for this award eventually. But for now, we're just going to call this the What a Chicken Award. This will be given to our chicken shit performer <laughs> that, you know, just, you know, was being, you know, really much of a, a pain. pussy, JB. You know, either t- a pussy, yes, to either a coach, a coach or a player that, you know, was not aggressive or made a really, really bad call or bad decision. This award, the inaugural What a Chicken, this week goes to Eddie Grand, the offensive coordinator of Kentucky. Why? (laughs) Because on on third and two in overtime, he did not give the ball to his biggest playmaker and and arguably the biggest playmaker in the SEC, Benny Snell, on third and two in overtime against Texas A&M. What happened? They did not convert. They kicked a 43-yard field goal that hit the crossbar and fell short. And then A&M ended up having the ball the second time in overtime, you know, they got their chance, i up going to score a touchdown to win the game. So what a chicken of the week goes to Eddie Graham, the offensive coordinator of Kentucky. What were you thinking, man? you got to give the ball to Benny Snell.
0: And that's not even accounting for the fact that Kentucky didn't run a play on Texas a and side of the field, all a regulation. So are you all
1: saying that Kentucky could slash should have won against Texas A&M, but they were out coached? by a and
2: not necessarily but on a third and two like many snow like you, you got to give him the ball in some form or fashion you know whether it's by a screen or you know by just ha- pitching the ball to him or handing it off to him the dude is really hard to, to tackle he's really slippery he has all the moves to make i mean you you got to trust him to get those two yards for you to keep the drive going
0: yeah, that game i'm was- actually gonna i'm gonna disagree with jb on that one i do think that uh Kentucky was outcoached in this game, especially um, Kentucky's offensive coordinator was outcoached by Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M, who deserves a lot of credit. Um, I thought he had a great game plan for how to, you know, force Kentucky to get the ball away from Snell. Snell only got the ball 13 times on the ground, I think four through the air, maybe. So they were able to kind of, you know, get the ball out of his hands and force Terry Wilson to beat him to beat. Texas a and and he wasn't able to do that and I think that uh, has a lot to do with scheme and coaching
1: now this game was on during the Mississippi State game and I wasn't around y'all during this I'm assuming whole you were watching Mississippi State game and flipping to Kentucky during commercials but well, what were you doing JB were you just sitting there and for the enjoying the ride or were you going somewhere else to flip more
2: no, I was uh, letting Holt be in control. You know, I was just uh, along for the ride. Which
1: game was more exciting or more boring, I guess is a better question. Kentucky, Texas A&M, or Mississippi State-Auburn?
2: Uh, Mississippi State-Auburn is definitely more boring. I mean, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, both for a while, Mississippi State and Auburn, it was just kind of like a stalemate. Both of the offenses could not get anything going. But uh, Kentucky A&M, like, at least, like, both teams were able to make some plays at various times. And both defenses were playing really well, too. I, I would attribute A&M and Kentucky to the defenses playing well. And Mississippi State and Auburn, it was more of just the offensive sucking. Although Mississippi State's defense did play pretty pretty well, though, even though Auburn's offense is pretty horrible. Your,
1: your boy, Holt Fitzgerald, had, like, almost 200 rushing yards, I think, and broke the SEC record for most career rushing yards, by quarterback or all time? I'm not sure which one it was. No, probably, it was by quarterback. Okay. He passed Tim Tebow and Menzel and um, Drew Lock even. It's crazy. But um, he
0: sucks at throwing the ball. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, he's not the best. And uh, I wish Joe Moorhead would have figured that out a few weeks earlier. Is,
1: is, is there, like, opportunity for him to prove upon it? during the season, or, like, is this what we're going to see from Nick Fitzgerald? And, like, that gets even scarier. I mean, Auburn should have been able to figure this out, but I guess he also designed more running plays for Fitzgerald. But now that that's out there, that they're just going to try to win running the ball. I feel like there's a lot of teams that could just plan for that and stop it pretty easily, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, well, it's just one of those things where – Moorhead had a, uh, a really good game plan for how they're going to run the ball in this game. With uh, They basically just ran the Wildcat the whole game with Fitzgerald, a quarterback, and they would put their running back, Colin Hill, out wide and uh, bring him in like in a jet motion and uh, kind of just run the zone read like that, where he could either hand it off on a sweep or keep it up the middle, and uh, that was really giving Auburn's front seven a lot of problems, and it wasn't something they were able to make an adjustment for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree going forward, they're going to have to throw the ball to win games. Um, I don't think it really matters what they do against Alabama. They're probably going to lose that game. So, uh, But at the same time, I would say that they can't do that against LSU. But, I mean, Florida kind of just did that against LSU without really throwing the ball. So, um, you know, I I think – I mean, I I agree with what you're saying. They, I mean, they definitely can't do that all year and expect to win consistently. And uh, we've seen Nick Fitzgerald make some plays in the passing game over the course of his career, but uh, definitely not consistently, you know, a threat through the air.
1: Yeah, and uh, – but, I mean, to, to your point, even though that uh, – even though we, we assume that this is going to be the offense going forward is him running the ball more, um, I'm pretty sure by the second, second half, Auburn knew what was going to happen on offense, So, and they still couldn't, still couldn't stop it. So maybe there is an opportunity for them to still run the ball, even though the entire world knows they're going to run the ball. I mean, Auburn is a really good defense on top of that, but I think they were just um, tired for being on the field for too long. But um, I still think it's possible to run the ball, even though everybody knows you're going to run the ball.
0: Right. Do they have a best receiver? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, simple answer. The, the, guy, the guy who was supposed to be their best receiver, uh, Stephen Guidry, was, uh, you know, had a couple big drops again this week. The second week in a row he's had a couple drops. And uh, he just hasn't been the player I think that a lot of people were hoping he was going to be at Missouri State. And uh, Osiris Mitchell has played pretty well. He's the guy who dropped the the long pass against Florida. But, uh you know, I'm not sure that he's a true number one either. So they're kind of still searching uh, for some targets in the passing game. Nevertheless, it felt – I'm sure it felt good
1: or even great. So you get the first big win of the year for no. Mississippi State. No? Def- definitely did.
0: It always feels good to beat uh, Auburn too.
1: Yeah. I saw somebody – some Auburn fan on Twitter rants about how the state of the program so bad right now because we've they've lost like what three of the last like six or something like that to Mississippi State. So they've pretty much been even back and forth with Mississippi State and like they shouldn't be right there as a program. They should be beating Mississippi State every year. But I just don't know about the Auburn team. JB, can you tell me what's going on with the Auburn team? I mean they beat Washington at the end of the year. It looks yeah. kinda of, kinda of good. They have Jared Sinham who could be a first round draft pick once the, you know he gets to NFL workouts but they are underperforming severely right now.
2: The biggest problem is that they just can't get the running game going. Uh, I think it's really just, uh, hate to say it, just a lack of talent at running back. Like uh, they've been blessed with you know some great running backs in Malzon's system over the past few years. You know guys like uh, you know Michael Dyer or Carryon uh, Johnson last year. I mean they've always had some really talented backs, and right now they're just they don't really have those kind of backs. Like Whitlow is okay. But after that, like, you don't really have anyone else. And, and, you know, the offensive line is not terrible. We know this offensive line isn't that bad. And I just think, you know, just not having a talented back has really hurt this offense and, you know, the losses of some key receivers. But if I'm Gus Malzahn, you know, even though Gus Malzahn, you know, he lives and dies by his scheme, he needs to really go to just trying to be a pass-first team, run-second team. Even though his scheme has always been run first, past second.
1: That's what I was gonna say is I don't understand why why he doesn't change and adapt to the players he has because there's a lot of good teams that don't have great running backs or good running backs. They have good quarterbacks or even okay quarterbacks and they make them look good. Um, but I don't know if he's stubborn on offense, he's still gonna run, you know, the the hurry up offense where it's just a lot of motion and running. But I mean, he could really take advantage of Jared Sittin's arm and how good of a quarterback he could be. Because if you if you put Jared Sittin on a like a pass heavy team, like Texas A and M, or um, I'm trying to think of another one, maybe even like as Joe Moorhead with with Mississippi State, put on a team like that that's very pass heavy. I mean, he could really be effective, but they're just not using him. And it's probably very very frustrating
0: the Auburn fans, I would imagine. Yeah, and I think a lot of it does have to do with the offensive line not being able to pass protect. I mean, Sidham had some open receivers that he just missed because the pressure was bearing down on him, and it seemed like every time he dropped back, he had someone in his face. So it's just it's kind of tough to uh, you know, make good throws when uh, you're having to deal with that. That's also kind
1: of hard to judge because State's defensive line is really, really good. So you can't necessarily say their offensive line is bad. I mean, maybe you can by watching the game and saying, like, they should block them a little bit better. But it's, it's very hard to block Montez Sweat, who could probably dunk from the free throw line and run over everybody at the same time. But Yeah, no, I agree.
0: But, I mean, poor little Auburn. I guess that's which where we'll leave it at. Yeah, we're going to be there next weekend, so we'll get to see them firsthand and uh, maybe diagnose some of their problems a little bit better. Yeah, yeah and think... also
2: with our seats, uh, we're going to be, you know, from the coordinator's perspective, so we're going to be able to watch these plays develop. We're going to really have a, you know, great eye of uh, seeing maybe what these issues are. Because, you know, from the TV perspective, you can't really tell. But from our perspective that we're going to have on Saturday, we're really going to be able to diagnose a lot of issues, not just for Auburn, but for Tennessee as well, but especially for Auburn's offense, because I, everyone wants to know. What the hell is wrong with it, Their offense.
1: Shout out to uh, ESPN for hooking us up with eleven o'clock kickoff for the Auburn game, or I guess SEC Network, whoever it was, which is part of ESPN. ESPN, ESPN, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not not too happy with that. Um, other games, Florida and LSU. Um, Holt, with your experiences, Dan Mullen, did this game surprise you that Florida came out uh, victorious against LSU and? Um, Did it surprise you that Felipe Frank started running the ball more and they won despite his uh, great effort?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised that Florida won this game. I mean, I I didn't really think that uh, Florida was going to have much success offensively. And it's not, you know, it's not like they had a huge game on offense, but they were able to get, you know, the running backs involved. Uh, P. Ryan ran really well and Scarlett had a good game as well. So, you know, both of them were able to run the ball and they were able to kind of, establish the tempo of the game and uh, kind of control the, the clock. They're able to get some first downs and, uh, you know, keep their defense on the sideline. And when Florida's defense is on the field, they play great. They had a really good game. Um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty even game. If you look at the yardage, um, you know, it's pretty similar. Florida, you know, was a little bit better, but um, you know, Florida's defense, I thought just made key stops when they needed to. And, You know, LSU's defense didn't – and to me, that was the difference in the game. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to Dan Mullen um, and Todd Grantham for the game plan they put together. I don't think Florida is nearly as talented as LSU is, but uh, they, you know, went blow for blow with them and, you know, made the plays they needed to make make them. J.B., how
1: disappointed were you that you couldn't retweet Coach O saying go Tigers this week?
2: It's really disappointing because I I just love – Hearing, uh, you know, or seeing Coach O tweet, you know, something really positive, especially when he writes, hold that tiger. Like, I just love it when he, when he tweets that. Like, I love the enthusiasm he coaches with. And I'm rooting for Ed Orgeron. Like, I know in the preseason, you know, we weren't that high on them. And I'm still – I'm always going to be rooting for Ed Orgeron. I think he's a character that he's good for the conference.
1: What was the whole deal about Spurrier and Les Miles? Did Les Miles actually eat grass?
2: Uh, the deal was uh, if Florida won, Les Miles is going to have to wear a uh, Gators visor. And if LSU won, Steve Spurrier is going to have to eat some of Les Miles' famous grass. And, of course, we all know the results. And, yes, Les Miles did put on a Florida Gators visor. And I might add, Les Miles looked good with the visor. So if he ever coaches again, I think he should go from wearing a hat to a visor. Of course, I know that the hat is a signature, but he kind of looked good in a visor.
1: Les Miles is, like, 75 years old. No way he's going to coach again, unfortunately. wish he could commentate, though, for the SEC Network or ESPN. I think he has before, but not consistently. But maybe he's just enjoying his free time. Never know. But I thought this was a good game. What I was impressed with JB was this uh, Florida defense. They had two two big interceptions uh, to close out the game. And Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback in the world, even though everybody was talking about, like, he's going to be the savior for LSU – Come from Ohio State. Um, he he looks okay. He looks pretty good last week, I guess, against Ole Miss, but this week he didn't look as great. But um, more more than Joe Burrow messing it up, I was more impressed with how Florida, their defense, closed out the game with those two big interceptions. I know Dan Mullins is more of a offensive coordinator, or that's what he gets credit for, but I still think it was great to see how this defense performed, and it just reminded me of how Den Mullen's teams always didn't have a great talent, but always um, outperformed teams that were more talented than them.
2: It is, and uh, a lot. I think a lot of state fans are just mad that uh, Mullen is winning a few big games this year, like you know he always struggled to win the big ones at state, and then he goes and goes to Florida, and suddenly having Florida Gator uniforms instead of Mississippi State uniforms is given. Dan Mullen some magic to win some of these big games this year. And we're going to preview
1: week seven in the next podcast. But looking at Florida's schedule, they only have, I think, Georgia left is a big game. Um, I don't think they really have any other losable games. They have South Carolina, I guess. Uh, But other than that, it's Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida State, the big ones. And I don't think they're going to lose any of those except for Georgia. So I mean you're looking at a team that could go ten and two, which would be a very, very good first year for Dan Mullen.
2: Exceeding expectations if that happens.
1: Yeah, hold if you listen to everybody recap this game, all the professionals, the non SEC slow smokers, they'll talk about how they see Felipe Franks's development um from week to week. Can you justify that even though he went twelve for twenty seven with one touchdown, one interception, and a QB rating of thirty eight point three?
0: No, I mean, I, you know, I don't really think Felipe Franks is that good of a quarterback. I haven't really made it that much of a secret. Um, I don't think he's really gotten that much better. Um, you know, obviously, LSU's defense is really good. So, you know, some of that has to do with LSU's secondary. But, uh, you know, he made a really bad mistake in the red zone throwing an interception, um, which could have been really costly um, had his defense not had his back. And, um, you know, I just think, he doesn't he doesn't really fit what Damolin wants to do, but at the same time Damolin is making the most out of it because he's just he's really good with quarterbacks and doing with, you know, basically getting by with uh, below average quarterbacks is something that he's done a few you know, he's had to do a few times in his career and done well. So, you know, it's a really more of a credit to Damolin and his coaching than it is Felipe Frank's and his ability, I think. I would imagine if Floyd had lost
1: this game people wouldn't be saying how much Felipe Franks has been developing from week to week because it's really hard for me to say that you're developing from week to week for with 12 for 27 mm-hmm. performance. <laughs> so um, maybe I'm not – I am not having have not been a quarterback, but neither was um, – was – uh what's the name of a quarterback? um, Dan Mullen. I, no. Dan Mullen wasn't a quarterback, was he? He was a tight end. No, I'm not thinking of him. I'm thinking of – um. What's his name? I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, the quarterback for Washington, uh, Mike Leach. He wasn't a quarterback, and he's a good quarterback coach. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, we got a few. Co- we got a few coaches, you know, in, in football that never ever did play football, and you know, became co- coaches.
0: Kevin Sullen was like a linebacker, I think, and he is a yeah you know, has had some <laughs> success with quarterbacks and offense in general. He's, he's pretty good at getting them to transfer. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, the
2: namely the biggest one would be Kyler Murray. That's that's crazy. He had Kyle Allen,
1: Kyler Murray, and um who else was on that team? There was some other team. Who's the um one that transferred and ended up starting?
0: Yeah. they got definitely
1: transferred. Oh yeah. yeah,
2: they got they got Trevor Knight in twenty sixteen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Trevor Knight
0: uh, he, he, I thought you were talking about uh what's the dude who had the huge game against South Carolina the first game of the season? Oh yeah, that was uh what's his
1: name? Kenny, um, Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill. Kenny Trill.
0: Yeah, he played at T C U. But anyway. We we digress. It's um, not a Kevin Selman podcast.
1: No, it's an Auburn, Auburn sucks dick at offense. And um, for, for an LSU, it was a great game. The podcast. <laughs> 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 um, other games. Other games. Um, looking at LSU's schedule. This is the show I was going to say also that you look at schedule. They could go 10-2. LSU schedule, not so fast, my friend. Um, as my friend uh, JB made popular before Lee Corso stole it from him. <laughs> <laughs> um LSU you know they they were up to number 5 now they're down to number 13 they have a tough schedule coming up that they could just finish they could finish the season exactly how we predicted um falling off the wagon or um I guess they're what would they fall off the horse not not horses in Baton Rouge Gators I don't know that's kind of I don't know they'll fall off something so I'm saying but they uh they have Georgia coming up next week um Mississippi State after that Alabama and A&M. Now, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama are, are all at home, but then they have A&M. So they could lose possibly four more games, and that would be a shitty season to start to finish when you uh, start out 5-0, and and they will not be happy with that. But you know what's even funnier is that their athletic director gave Ed Orgeron a huge buyout, even though Ed Orgeron would not go anywhere else to coach ever if he was at LSU. So... They did not hire me to do their consulting for the contracts,
0: but they should have. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's, uh, I just don't know, like why, like a coach who's begging for the job, like why do you need to give him a huge buyout? Like that just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me.
1: We we have trust in you with this huge buyout. We're going to pay you when we fire you after year two. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's yeah. is it Joe Oliva's name. Yeah, he's yeah he's not good. No, but yeah, because all they get credits for is their. Um, their football team. Their baseball team's pretty good. They had, they had that um that uh head coach for baseball that went fucked things up at Mississippi State. Literally, Holt, oh, you got Sorry. that one? I got uh, it. Cool. Got a little football. bit of Mississippi Lake hound in him. <laughs> yeah. Football, football, football. So um other games.
0: Missouri, South Carolina. Holt, are you fully off of
1: Drew Locks Dick at this point?
0: Yeah, I mean I I'd- you know, look, man, like I've had – I was hopping up Drew Locke all off offseason. Hopping, hopping up Missouri on all off season, And I thought they were going to have a really good year. And I think they outplayed – They, I thought they went, you know, toe-to-toe with Georgia. If it wasn't for like a few bad mistakes, I think they were right there with them. And South Carolina, I thought that they outplayed them. They outgained them by over 100 yards. They, you know, they, looked, they ran the ball at will. You know, they had two running backs with over 90 yards, one over 100. And, you know, Drew Locke had one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen on a screen play in in the pouring rain. I don't know, like, if he just didn't see the uh, defender or what, but he dropped back on a screen pass. And I don't know if he was trying to throw it away or what he was trying to do, but he ended up just throwing it, like, directly to a defender who just caught it and walked into the end zone and uh, just gave South Carolina a free seven points. And, uh, you know, they had a chance to win at the end. The kicker made, like, a 57-yard field goal. Shout out to him, by the way. That was a good kick. Yeah. That was an NFL kick. Yeah. No one's going to remember that. But that was a big-time kick. Gave him the lead. And then Missouri's defense gives up, you know, a big play to get down there. And then South Carolina's kicker makes a, you know, makes a big kick. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed in – Barry Odom, Missouri, and also Drew Locke with uh, their performance uh, these last, you know, in this game and also the Georgia game uh, because I think I thought they had a chance to be really good this year, and they've shown that they can be a really good team, but they don't do uh, what good teams do, which is not beat themselves. You know, they make those bad mistakes, and they shoot themselves in the foot, and, you know, it comes back to, to bite them. And uh, it's just a shame to see. And I'm sure it's frustrating for Missouri fans. And it's frustrating for me because I really thought that uh, I was about to be the only person in the world on Missouri this year. And I was going to get my huge payday at the end of the season for uh, being right. You did spend a lot of quality time on, on that penis.
1: But, hey, now it's a good time to buy because it's, 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 you buy low and it's so high. You just you bought <laughs> medium and sold at a low point.
0: So maybe it's a good time to buy Drew Lock. Yeah, well you're the maybe, you're the stocks guy, so maybe maybe you can start hyping him from now on. Yeah. I will. I will. Um so are you saying hold that rain is actually a bad thing? Uh in this case it seems like a bad thing. And I oh, also yeah. don't really like Luke Bryan, so maybe it was kind of like a reverse. You know, like rain is a why, good l- thing. L- yeah, why l- don't you like Luke why don't you like Luke Bryan? Reverse I, so like fast, like Luke Bryan. I don't like <laughs> Luke Bryan because his music sucks.
2: His music sucks, and uh, I don't like his voice. I think all of his songs are about the same. He's a pretty boy. He wears tight jeans. Any man Debbie, that wears tight jeans. Debbie, you said something else back in the day about men
1: story. who wear tight jeans. Debbie, say I ain't gonna repeat boy. that shit on don't here. Mean, Let's just say. move
2: on. <laughs> I can't even remember the exact quote, so I mean, I'm not gonna repeat it. I can't. I can't. I'm not gonna
1: yeah, say the quote if I, I can get it right. But it's okay. You know I mean? We can pass on. Time marches on, JB. Right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Other games, other games. Alabama-Arkansas was actually closer than it should have been. They Alabama allowed thirty-one points um, against Arkansas. That's way too many holes for Nick Saban's defense.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Todd Story played pretty well in this game. Um, You know, Chad Morris kind of showed that his offense is making some improvements, but. (laughs) That being said, most of this happened when the game was already out of hand and you know, I'm you know, I just it's just something else for Nick Saban to get mad about. Um I didn't hear him get mad at any of the Arkansas students for leaving early, but maybe he did and I just missed it. But uh anyway, it was for Alabama, I mean, you are a little bit worried about the defense, I think. Um, but at the same time the offense has been so good and they score so quick that, you know, they end up going back on the field really quick, and it's kind of a younger defense, so, you know, I don't know um, if I'm really worried about Alabama's defense at all, but it's definitely not ideal to give up 31 points to a pretty below-average Arkansas team, to put it nice. They
1: they interviewed uh, (laughs) Saban at halftime, and I think he was actually kind of, like, happy. He wasn't even, like, mad. He said something about, like, running, either running or... uh, throwing the ball, like, you still get the same amount of points, so it doesn't matter as long as we're scoring or something like that. It was, like, kind of a, a happy next day. Maybe, um, maybe – what's his wife's name? I forgot his Jerry. wife's name. Terry. Maybe she gave him – Terry. She, she uh, rubbed Ms. him down Terry. before the game or something and got him nice and happy. But uh, you never you never know. Maybe
2: – That's a little TMI.
1: That's a little, little TMI. Um, JB, what, what were you about to say that was so important?
2: oh <laughs> well, i forgot exactly what i was about to say i was gonna well, well, well actually i remember i was gonna add in that i just don't think this alabama defense high. is as talented they're they're as not. other alabama um, defenses J- either K- but but it doesn't really matter because its offense is so good they're gonna be able to outscore anybody and their defense will still be able to make some stops it's not an elite defense like the alabama defense we come to know but it's still a really strong unit can their so offense get really them by matter.
1: even in the bigger games down the season
2: Absolutely, I think as long as they uh, were able to score about, you know, thirty points, which I think they can against almost any defense in the country. JB, who's the highest leader okay. right
1: now? Is it is it close? It's
2: Tua, and I think no, it's not close. Tua is miles ahead of everybody. I'd probably put Will Greer second right now. I think just I would have had Kyler Murray and Will Greer, you know, neck and neck at second, but. Since Oklahoma lost, you got to put Will Greer second, and after that, it's kind of a steep drop off. I'm still going to put Kyler Murray in my top five, though. But right now, Tua Tagovailoa is absolutely running away with this Heisman race, and as long as Bama finishes undefeated, and, I think I and it's his. Not,
1: I mean, I think Tua's pretty far ahead, but I think Joanne Hacks is probably number two because they still undefeated. and He's still doing well. Okay, but let me let me add on to you here, JB. So Tua is the clear cut leader for the Heisman, which is what you're saying. Um, he hasn't played really in the second half all of this year that much. Um, this game against Arkansas, he went 10 for 13 for 334 yards, four touchdowns. Crazy numbers, crazy numbers. But, J.B., who is the best defense that Alabama slash two has played all year? Texas a uh, Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was going to say Texas a Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good one. And they still had a pretty good but, game. But, J.B., listen, he's too. played
1: Arkansas. He's played Louisville. He's played.
0: Um, let me let me go through those, the schedule. Those are two of the worst power five teams: Lafayette and Ole Miss defense.
1: Ole Miss defense, Arkansas State. Ole Miss, Lafayette. So he hasn't played good defense. So there's gonna be a game coming up. I don't know what it's gonna be because despite Alabama being the SEC, they do probably play one of the and, and in the West they do play like a weaker schedule more than anybody else. because like mostly because Tennessee's down and they luck out and play a weak uh, team from the East <clears throat> and then they play like two. One or two cupcakes a year, like losing a
2: Lafayette
1: and um, all this year, but
2: uh, yeah. And I will say, we really won't know how elite this offense is until November third, when they have to play in Baton Rouge. So you know, yeah, because the next the next few games they have are all breezes for Bama. So they're going to be undefeated November third, when they play in Baton Rouge, and
1: that's when we'll that's, really. That's what I'm saying. Is, is that two is two is great, and Alabama looks great, but it's, it's just. They haven't had it play adversity, and they will against LSU. And I think they'll win against LSU. But his numbers numbers aren't going to stay that great where he's not going to play the second half the entire year. He's going to have to start playing third and fourth quarters. And um, I think he's going to struggle against – like he's going to have one or two games where he's not going to be awesome. So it's just – it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because I still think Tua is the best player in the country, but – he hasn't had to play an elite defense. Even Jordan Haskins played Penn State, so um, the other other players have played good defenses. Um, Colin Murray didn't have to play a good defense at Texas, but they still had to play a good team. So that's all I got to say about that game. But shout-out to Arkansas. I think there was a the second game in a row they said that the Arkansas fans gave them a standing O at the end of the game in a loss. They um, were very happy after the A&M game, a very close game there. And then Arkansas-Alabama wasn't close, but, I mean – 65-31. I know it sounds crazy, but that actually is a not a bad score against
0: Alabama. Yeah. Well, they covered the spread two weeks in a row now, so they got that go. going for them. Yeah, so yeah, you know, moral victories are strong. In faith.
1: Vanderbilt, Georgia, anything you want to say about
0: that other than Georgia beating the shit out of Derek Mason and Vanderbilt? Yeah, and it was it was to be expected. Georgia yeah, took Vanderbilt care of. Vanderbilt scored the, their touchdown the last play of the game when the game was over, <laughs> kind of meaningless, but. Uh, jo- Yeah, it was just, you know, Georgia just continues to do what they do. Jake Fromm is uh, playing really well, and, um, you know, they're running the ball, and their defense has been dominant. I know this going to sound crazy, but
1: um, I I think Georgia is, like, the quietest number two team ever because it's like – I feel like nobody's giving them credit or talking about them. I mean, people are obviously giving them credit. People think they're a great team, but – I feel like all you hear is about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And maybe it's because Alabama takes the SEC talk. But um, I just don't feel like people
0: are talking enough about Georgia this year. Yeah, I agree. They deserve a lot more credit than they're getting. And, you know, I, I don't know uh, who's going to be able to beat them on their schedule. I mean, Auburn, I, you know, I want to say Auburn, but, Auburn. you know, they're playing really bad right now in Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. They play LSU next week on the road. It's going to be a tough game, but you know, yeah. I still think. uh yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I still don't like don't really see anyone on our schedule that I think is going to beat them. I mean, I think they're going to finish the season undefeated. I do too. We shall see. We shall see. Um, let's see. Um, I don't know how much
1: Justin Fields played in that game, but I think I saw him playing a little bit against Vanderbilt. Y'all might know more than me. But the final game of the week, which not in any order, was Ole Miss Louisiana Monroe seventy to twenty one. This is the most points in Ole Miss history. Is that
2: was that right or something like that? I forgot what it was. They broke some kind of record. It, uh, it was the, the offensive yards they had in this game. They had over eight hundred yards of total offense. Eight hundred twenty seven yards of total offense, to be exact. That is absolutely incredible, and I uh, <laughs> just it's just it's laughable. The numbers that this offense can put up against really bad defenses, but when they've played a good defense against Alabama, and it's not even the most impressive Alabama defense, too. they got absolutely shut down. And LSU, like, they get shut down by elite defenses, but if it's an average defense, or below average defense, they will light yeah, you know, up. a lot of
1: uh, Memphis, actually. <laughs> they, they play like Memphis. Memphis kills the, kills the teams they almost Well, besides Tulane a couple weeks ago, but um, they play really good. They have really good offensive numbers against bad teams, and then
0: Seems I play with defense. So like, oh shit! I guess we suck now. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> also we should probably talk about uh, the backup quarterback for Ole Miss. Matt Corral came in, true freshman, highly recruited guy. He's probably gonna be the starter next year. Um, Thomas is a senior, isn't he? I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah so, he is. Corral's gonna be the guy next year. He came in. He had a huge, you know, he had a huge game. He had a really long run as well. I think he was like ten for ten passing for like you know close to 200 yards. So. You know, really good game by him and uh, something Ole Miss fans can get excited about going forward. Six carries for 78 yards. I I didn't recognize who he was at first.
1: I thought he was a running back until you said that um, because that's his one of the leading rushers for the games. Um, Jordan Tamu had 374 yards, 21 for 24. I guess he's trying to to upset Tua for the Heisman real quick. But um, we'll see if they'll give him some boats against the Louisiana Monroe defense. But not too sure.
0: Yeah, not, right. not gonna
1: count on it. <laughs> um that wraps up the games for this week. Um excited for the next week. We'll we'll preview next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. We'll be live at Auburn. So if you want to come shake our hands, we'll um we won't be wearing the SEC slow smoke shirts, but you should just recognize us because we're pretty famous now. Um so I'm excited about that. Um we might stay till even the third quarter for this Auburn, Tennessee game. I'm not sure if it's going to be a blowout. We have discussed that it's going to be closer than we think, but it still should be a good time. Um, we left Destin on Sunday. Somebody asked this before we leave. JB, where did you eat
2: on the way home? I had Bojangles on the way home in nice. and, and beautiful, and beautiful clear Alabama. And one of the most notable things that happened to me in my visit there is I let, I let I talked to the manager for a little bit, I let her know that uh, we don't have Bojangles in Memphis, and – I do try to go out of my way when I'm on a trip to uh, have Bojangles at least once, and she really, really appreciated it. So while I'm in there eating my meal, she comes up in the back with a uh, free T-shirt for me, with a, a Bojangles T-shirt. So I ended up getting a nice little souvenir out of my Bojangles visit.
1: That make you feel like a fat ass, or that make you feel good? <clears throat> More like a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I still. I still...
2: I still took the free t-shirt and I also took the compliment that she said that the shirt was swallow me <laughs> and I looked and I looked and I looked at and I looked at the t-shirt size and it was a three X. So I did take that as a comp. I took that as a compliment that that would swallow me.
1: I guess she was trying to encourage you to eat more. Probably like make a fit.
0: <laughs> um, Holt, can you top that story on the way home? Uh, no, I didn't stop. I, well, actually, no, that's not true. I did stop. And, uh, Linux, Alabama, all 5'10", um, and went to Hardee's, and uh, they didn't have curly fries. Solid. Yeah, they didn't have curly fries. I was pretty pissed, so uh, I just had to settle for a regular fries. I'm back on my diet starting today. That was kind of like my last meal. The
2: last before, supper. Uh,
0: yeah, before I'm I'm back on my grind, but I'll probably I'll probably get some Bojangles uh, this weekend uh, when uh, we make our trip to Auburn. So uh, we may have to make for that sure. work. Uh, It wasn't really planned this way, but I ended
1: up stopping in Auburn for dinner last night and got some world-famous Mexican restaurant there. And it was not bad. They gave me a lot of food, which I was happy with, but it wasn't the best food. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to stop there because we're going to be there this weekend. Um, So I was kind of... Kind of nosing around, didn't get anywhere close to the stadium, but it was still kind of still still cool to stop at a Mexican restaurant and all. How how far is that from your house or from your apartment? It's less than two hours. It's okay. um it's an hour and thirty five hour and forty without traffic. So game day might be two hours, but we're also I guess JB was talking about we're planning on getting there at like six thirty in the morning, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got to walk to campus, sure. but that uh, concludes our week six recap we always want to thank you for listening to us if you've stayed with us for this long we will not forget you when we make it to the top we were looking at different beach houses this weekend we we finally made a purchase right
0: Holt? that's right yeah we're gonna be moving <laughs> into our uh, new five bedroom beach house in Destin. yeah so See,
2: so yeah come, ce- so come celebrate new year's with us we'll be ringing in the new year
1: especially if you're a hot bitch right jb <laughs>
2: Especially if you are a dude that loves football, or if you're, <laughs> or or if you're a girl from
1: Argentina because you can't forget those JB. That's right. Maybe give him some love. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter, and Instagram, and iTunes, and everywhere else. Podcasts are available at SEC Slow Smoke. Thank you, and goodbye.